We'll stay in one spot, but then there's weeks where I just feel like you need to know that I'm not just picking one verse, okay, and, and making a whole big deal about it. This thought today is all over the Bible, and so what I hope is by the time we're done that you're convinced that the, this is really who God is and what he's made me to be. So if you do have a Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to look at our first scripture together. Here's what Jesus says. You are the world's light, a city on a hill, glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light. Let your little light shine, right? Anybody remember that? Growing up in church, let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see. And here's why. So that... They will praise your heavenly Father. So we shine our light so that other people will see the light. So that other people will see just how good God is. That it's not just us seeing it, but other people will see it. So in other words, what this is saying is the church does not exist for us. We are the church. In other words, you don't go to church. You go to where the church gathers. But we're the church, and we exist for the world. And we exist to let our light shine so that others will come to know him. And so we are a church on mission. And I really, you're not fully loving God until you're fully loving other people. See, Jesus tied those two things together. He says, you know, can't just all be vertical. You've got to be horizontal in your expression of love. So just right out the gate here as we talk about serving, I think there can be some of this, and, and this is even in the Bible too. Moses and other people ask this, who, me? Uh, he must be talking to that guy over here, you know, or that person over here. They probably got a lot of talent, a lot of ability, uh, maybe financial means or whatever that they can do stuff and whatever. But, you know, I'm just little old me. And who am I that God could use me? Well, I hope that some of these scriptures, again, get all over you today, all right? And so please allow that to happen. Isaiah, let's go to the Old Testament just so you know that this isn't just the New Testament. Here's what the way Isaiah said what Jesus was saying about let your light shine. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. How many have encountered some darkness here and there in the world, right? But the Lord rises upon you, and he appears over you, and nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. People will come to you because of your light. And, and so it's so huge, it's so important for us to let our light shine. So here's what I want you to get today. I want you to get this little phrase I am a minister. All right, will you say that with me? I am a minister. Say it out loud. I am a minister. 
Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, that means you. Okay? Now turn to the person who is your second choice and tell them, too. That means you. That means you. Because it really means all of us. Here, here's a scripture that explains this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful Light. How many God called you out of some darkness into his wonderful light and changed your life? Well, he didn't just do that for you. He did it for you to do it for somebody else, to shine the light on someone else so that they could see the way. And so today I want to convince you that you are the minister. You're the minister. You're a minister to shine light into others. And here's here's some things that you need to capture today. The first thing is, you can write this down. You're a minister for a specific purpose. You've got a specific purpose that God has in mind for you to do. Because God, what he does is he disperses gifts. And he'll give one gift to this person, another gift to this person, another gift to this person. And it's all for a specific purpose. We're all different. Now, I heard a statistic the other day that really grieved me. And here's what was it said. 87% of people in churches don't know their purpose. That's crazy. That's so sad. Yeah, that's kind of like if my hand, if in the physical body, God compares us to the body, and and so it's an illustration, it would be like if my hand didn't know what it was supposed to do. You know, if if my hand just thought, I think my purpose is to hang here. That's what it is. It's just to hang here. And I'm like, "Uh, no, you need to grab that Bible. You know? And I just kind of, you know, did one of these. And if my hand didn't know that it's, no, you're supposed to grab a hold of it and turn the pages and, and use it, hold it. And, and my hand can shake somebody else's hand. It can share warmth and friendship with somebody else. I can reach around somebody and give them a hug. I can write letters. I can type. I can do a lot of different things with the hand as long as the hand knows it has purpose. But see, how many people are just limping around today? How many people are just hanging around and they don't know their purpose and they don't know what God's designed them to do? And I'm here to tell you today, there's so much more. There's so much more that God has because you are a minister. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God had something for you to do, 
and then he made you to do it. In other words, when you were born, God didn't look around and say, I don't know what he's going to do. You know? I don't know what she should do. I'm going to come up with something. No. God, before you were ever born, already had a purpose for you, and then you were born. And you were born to do it. You were born to achieve that. See, your design points to your destiny. Your design points to your destiny. You're not one of a million, you're one of a kind. And so it's so important for you to believe that and confess over yourself, much like we were doing in our powerful worship experience, is is let's say that over ourselves. Let's say who God is, but then I think we also need to say who we are in God. And I love the song that's being played on secular radio as well as Christian radio because it's just taken over everything of Lauren Daigle about saying and speaking who we are. You know, my my self tells me, oh, I'm fearful, I, I can't do that or whatever, but no, that's not what God says about you. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Don't you dare sell yourself short. Don't you dare tell yourself you're not able to do it because of what God says you're able to do. Come on, somebody. So we we have a specific purpose, and then we're a minister, listen, listen to this, for an opportune time. For an opportune time, for a moment in time. See, I I think some of us, we think it's our time, and it's according to our time, but it's according to God's time. God has ordained and orchestrated events. We'll see a scripture here in a moment. But let me just say this. Sometimes I think you watch the news or you uh, pull up your news app and, and you look at news events that are going on and you read it wrong, you're like, oh, what is coming to this world? What is this world becoming? When that is not the question, the question to be asking is who is coming to this world? Because the Bible says when you see those things begin to happen, when you see the world beginning to move a certain direction, and you see things and you see evil going, and all, don't look down, don't look around, look up, because your redemption is coming closer and closer. Jesus is about to come back. That's what the Bible says. And and so what we need to do is understand that, hey, 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 God thought it was a good idea to put me here in the middle of this darkness so that I could be a light to shine to other people. He saw fit that in the fullness of time, you read about it, people thought, when is Jesus going to come? And they didn't even know he's going to be Jesus. When's the Messiah going to come? When is he going to come? And then the Bible says, in the fullness of time. In other words, right on time, God sent his son. And right on time, he'll send his son again. And right on time, he put you on this planet. He put you here. He put me here. He put us here together so we could be light 
to darkness, so we could bring heaven to hell, so we could bring the Holy Spirit to unholy spirit, so we could bring the presence, the power of God where we work, where we go to school, where we live, in our communities, around our families, so that we could bring his presence, his power to other people. And so that's what your job is. My job is, is to bring that presence, to bring his power. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Here's what it says. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Well, how do we, how do, we do that? Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So here's what you've got to do. Here's what I've got to do. Make the most of every opportunity. I'm here in this window of time. I'm here for this moment. I'm here for this time for a certain purpose. And look at what Acts says. Another verse that maybe you've never read or you never, you just kind of blew past it in the Bible. Here's what it says. For one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. When did he do that? Way before they were even born. Amazing. Way before uh, any of these people were even thought of, God thought of them. And God thought of his purpose and what he wanted to do and achieve in their lives. So not only an opportune time, but here's the next statement, is for an eternal purpose. For an eternal difference in people's lives. To make that eternal difference. To not just make a difference for now. And I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to listen to it closely because I don't want to be misrepresented. But if you feed the whole world and don't tell them about Jesus, you've done them a disservice. Because it would be better for you to be hungry but know Jesus than to be well-fed and lost, right? Because some of you maybe have been well-fed by the world. You've had plenty of stuff come your way, but the stuff didn't satisfy, right? The stuff didn't fill the void. There was still like this, it's like, man, I'm making more money than ever. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, and all this is coming my way, and it looks like I'm successful, and yet I don't feel that way. What is that? And what you came to find is that there's a hole, there's a vacuum that no money can fill, that no pleasure can fill, there's nothing, there's no toy, there's no house big enough, there's nothing that can fill that vacuum in your life until you come to know God, right? Until you know your creator. And so what we're to do is we are here to do good. And that's why as a church, we, we do things. And we, we take care of people. We, we'll take care of situations and minister to people in our community and around the world and give thousands and thousands of dollars away all over the world to help people. But we do it, listen to this, in the name of Jesus. Because that is the name, right? That is the name that can set you free. Not my name, not somebody else's name, not the name of Crossroads, but the name 
that is above every name, that is the name that you need to know. And it is because of him in our lives that we want to give thousands of dollars away. It is because of him in our lives that we want to go across the street and work out in the hot sun and help a school over here. We want to go and bless our community. We want to do different things. We want to give to missions. And the reason for it is, is because of what Jesus has done in our lives, right? It's what he's done in us. So 1 Corinthians, pull that scripture up for me, please. It says, if any man builds his foundation using gold, silver, caustic stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, and that means the day of the Lord's return, will bring it to light. That, That we'll see that, you know, it's just a bunch of stuff. If it wasn't done in his name. Now, I'm here for a specific purpose. I'm here for an opportune time. I am here to make an eternal difference. And I want you to get a hold of this today. And to help us do that, I want you to hear the testimony of this young couple. Hi, my name is Emily, and I have been coming to Crossroads since day one. And I'm Nick, and I've been coming for 10 years now. Um, I've been volunteering with the youth group for three. So I grew up in church my whole entire life. My parents and I have always went, I'm an only child, and my whole family that I can remember has always been Christians. So I've never really felt any different ways with religion, so I just always made it a habit to go to church on Sundays. Uh, As for me, I've always, like, or growing up, I had a semi-in, semi-out kind of relationship with church. We went occasionally, but not all the time. And definitely when we went, we never engaged. We didn't stay past once the sermon ended. We were the first ones out of the parking lot on our ways home. When I first started coming to Crossroads, I tried a couple of things. And actually, once we started dating, we tried a couple of things together, um, volunteering in a couple different areas. And we never really found our niche, as you could call it. Um, We didn't get plugged in. So I would say the first part, when we first got married, we decided to volunteer in the youth ministry, and we're currently upperclassmen, student life group leaders, and um, just seeing those kids grow in their faith and just going outside of their comfort zone just to show God's love is really cool to see, and just knowing that we can have an impact in that in any way, and um, so that really makes us grow in our relationship with God, plus get to seeing those kids and helping them out. So the main reason why we decided to serve in the youth group is because we were impacted in our youth group here and um, my youth group leader has just been a huge impact in my life and when we got married um, she actually wrote me a letter on our wedding day because she wasn't able to come since they are missionaries in Romania and she doesn't know how much of an impact that was to me and I would just love to be in Andrea for just one of our students someday and just be there for them and maybe even go to their wedding someday. I don't have the same cool like story of growing up with a leader who really poured into my life. The, the main reason that I volunteer with the youth group is actually because of the opposite. I grew up without a positive male role model. Um, my dad wasn't around and when he was around it wasn't a great situation and so I grew up basically my entire life with no father figure, no positive male role model to show me how to become a man and to live after Christ. And uh, 
once I got uh, plugged in with the youth group, I realized that I can be that for kids who don't have that. Um, for kids who might not have a dad or their dad's around but isn't the greatest example or they just need an additional male role model and I can step into that role and provide something that I never had. Once I plugged myself into the youth group and fully just went for it and, and abandoned everything that I was thinking and just sought the heart of God and how I could display that to these students, my life was changed. Uh, my relationship with God was taken to an entirely new level where it's not about what the church can do for me now, it's about what I can do for God and how I can show His love to a generation that desperately needs it. Yeah, I remember uh, back when we were first married and just not plugged in at all and coming to church and leaving right after and going home and just hanging out with each other, there was this constant feeling that something was missing. And now that we've really stepped into what God has for us, that gap has been closed. We no longer feel like something is missing. And for anybody out there who thinks serving might not be for you or is unsure of the whole serving thing, I want to tell you it's totally for you. Serving is for everyone. There's a spot for you. You might not know it yet, but once you find it, I promise your life will never be the same. Isn't that awesome? See, you can be changed. I want that for you. I want that for every person here. I want you to feel that. I want you to experience that. I don't want you to just go to church. I want you to be the church. I, I want you to feel what Nick and M feel every week. I want you to feel the power of God's Holy Spirit flowing through your life and knowing that God is using you as a simple, normal human being to touch someone else in a supernatural, significant way. I want you to experience God like maybe you've never experienced him before. I want you to go to a whole new level that maybe you've never gone to before, and it's because you've never plugged in. And so today is your day to be able to do this. I want to help you to do that as we wrap this up. Look at your notes. I'm going to help you find your ministry. All right? I'm going to take a few minutes and just help you find your niche, your ministry of what God has for you because God never intended for the staff of this church to do all the ministry of this church. God never intended for a handful of people to do what hundreds of people could do. And today, I want to release hundreds of people to do and to be all that God wants you to be. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 4. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility, here, here's my responsibility, to equip God's people. Who's God's people? That would be you, right? Yes. And, and so to, what, what do God's people do? To do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. See, God intended for me to be a equipper of ministers, to equip you to be a minister. My role is to help you reach your role of what God intended before you were even born. Before you were even known by anyone, God knew you and orchestrated the events for your life to fulfill and minister to. So here's the, here's the thing about finding your ministry. You do it through your gifts and passions. Maybe you write that down. Your gifts 
and your passions? What are your gifts and your passions that you have? You need to find something that fires you up and then do it for God. And you have something. You have something like that. Romans chapter 12 says it like this. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. In other words, whatever it is, figure it out and then do it. Find your gift, find your ability, find the gift and passion that God has in your life and and you can just search for it. And let me tell you something, there are so many illustrations of this around Crossroads Church, I don't even have time to go into them, but let me just name a few. Did you know that there's really only two ministries that I ever started at Crossroads? All the other ministries of this church, somebody else started, people started I started the preaching ministry, and I started the worship ministry. But other than that, every other ministry, divorce care, grief share, financial peace, life groups, all the other ministries of this church, SOAR, all all the others are ministries that people in this church started. So here's my point. You've got something that you can do. And you can sometimes just jump in with others, and I want to give you permission today to even do something that's not being done. To just go ahead and start something that's maybe not being accomplished. Here's the second thing. It's not only through your gifts and your passions, but God wants to use your life experience. All right? He he wants to help you to know your ministry through your life experience. And you've learned some things in life, right? I hope, <laughs> right? It's kind of part of the point, you know, to, to be learning some things. And, 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 and so if we'll pay attention, we'll, we'll find some things and, and God will teach us some things and then we can turn around and teach those to others and we can help others through them. And, and we can get creative with this. Did you know over this past year, we had a group in the church that was like a a hunting group? And you say, well, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Well, uh, that's probably because you don't hunt, all right? Because a lot of people, when they're hunting, they think, oh, I like being out there with God's creation, you know? Just out there, just alone in the quietness and stillness until this big boom, you know? (laughs) But, but, you know, to get out there and, and, and be a part of that creation and just enjoy it. And, and let me tell you something. Here's, here's what somebody did. Is why, why, why can't we do this together? And here's what you could do if you start something like this. You could get together and say, you know, I was reading in my YouVersion Bible app today before I came. And I love this verse that popped up on my phone. And I want to read this verse to you. And then, you know, before we get out there and find our, our, our spots today, uh, let's circle up and pray for each other. Does anybody have a prayer need you want us to pray about? And see, you can bring God 
into that. You could do that before you work out. If you work out with other people, you could start a workout group. You know, some of you need that. You know, and so you, you just start a, a workout group and you can just say, hey, 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 we're going to meet together. And before we start pumping iron, we're, we're going to pump our faith and, and we're going to read this, uh, a scripture together and meditate on that. And then we're going to pray for each other and then, then we're going to work out and spot each other and do whatever we need to do. And, and so you could do those things because God wants to use your life experience to minister to somebody else. Here, here's what he says in the message version. I love it how it says it. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. Yeah, that one. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't you just love that? So, so you just take the things you like to do and, and you do take some of that life experience and you just do it with other people through divorce ministry or whatever. The meals ministry of this church, cooking meals for people that come out of the hospital or whatever, those are people who like to cook meals. And so they just do it for others. You know, I like cooking, so I'll just cook for other people too and bless them. And some of us, we like eating, and so we just love that ministry, right? Can come our way. All right, here's the last thing that God uses to help you identify your ministry is he'll use your pain to help you find your ministry. See, like I said, through divorce care, Grief share through sore ministry. Some of our ministries in the church, it, it's come from a place of pain. And here's how the Bible describes it. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, our merciful Father. Aren't you glad for his mercy today? And the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles. And here's why he does it not just for you, so that we can comfort other people. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. See, God didn't just save you for you. God saved you for somebody else. God didn't just set you free from addiction for you. He did it so you could help see somebody else set free from addiction. See, God didn't allow you to come through that divorce and land on your feet again just so you could land on your feet again. He wanted to use you to help somebody else land on their feet again. Come on, somebody. He uses our pain. He uses our challenges to help somebody else. In other words, there's purpose in your pain. Don't just go through pain for pain's sake. Leverage it and even take what the devil would mean for harm. I'm reading through Genesis again and reading the Bible through again this year. And I love how Joseph said, you intended this to hurt me, but God intended it to help me. And how many know that God can take your hurt, your pain, and your past and turn it around? I heard somebody do this. They compared the pain of passing a kidney stone, which thankfully I've never experienced, and the pain of giving birth, which I've never experienced, thankfully. <laughs> but when you pass a kidney stone, 
The whole point is to get it out and then to hopefully never have one again. Amen? Right? Just get, get it out and never have that again. But when you give birth, I'm told that it's different because there's a baby on the other side of the pain. And, and they say that women even get forgetful, and I know they do because they have more babies, you know? They, they forget. If men gave birth, there'd only be one, right? And, and, and so, and so they, they, they say, well, there was purpose in the pain because now look at what has come from this pain. And I'm telling you, God wants to birth something big, something great, something miraculous out of you. There's purpose in your pain. There's something that he wants to do that'll bring life to other people around you if you'll allow him to. Somebody give God a shout for that right now. And I'm telling you that happens all the time around here at Divorce Care, Grief Share, SOAR, Financial Peace University. People have taught those things that it's out of their sorrow, it's out of their mistakes that they teach that, that they help others. We've been helping the Grace House Ministry of Teen Challenge downtown, and that lady stood on this stage a few months ago and said, you know, I'm, a, I'm one of those that was walking the streets. I'm one of those people, and now I get the blessing, I get the privilege, I get the honor of helping rescue other women from that life of pulling them up, up off the street and helping see God turn their life around. How many know God wants to do that in your life and mine? He wants to use our lives to help turn somebody else around. Like I said, there's over 20 new volunteers in our kids' ministry. We've just had seven new volunteers sign on to the student ministry that are going on the winter retreat next weekend. And it's going to be an awesome weekend as teenagers go away for a whole weekend. Some of them, you just shout right there. Because one of them's your teenager. Oh, thank God, you know. But, but the purpose of the weekend is so that these teenagers will get close to God and have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, perhaps like they've never had before. And, and I love it, not just all these, all these teenagers going, but I love seven new sponsors, seven new leaders like Nick and Em who are going to get addicted to, to student ministry, who are going to get addicted to change lives and are going to say, you know what, I can't go back to limp Christianity. I can't go back to just lay in there with no purpose and no power. I need to do this. It's not just about me. It's about reaching somebody else and making a difference in somebody else's life. Give God a shout if you believe that today. So here's my prayer. Here's my prayer. Is that you won't just get excited about it. You'll sign up about it. Okay, Put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. That you'll sign up today. That you'll say, you know what? I'm tired of just hanging around. And, and maybe, maybe th this could happen. God's greatest days of your freedom are when you work toward helping other people get free. I've seen that work in my life. 
I've seen it work in others. Let's pray. Father, help us today to take the next step, to not just be willing to sit back and let other people know the power of your Holy Spirit surging through them and and setting captives free and seeing you do miraculous things in other people's lives. But God, today, use us. And maybe you're here today and your prayer is, God, if you can use anything, then please use me. Take these hands, take my feet, take my voice, take my heart, take my mind, take my experiences, take every gift, talent, ability that you've given to me, every life experience, and Almighty God, use it for your glory and for your honor. If that's your prayer today, would you just shoot your hand up with mine and just say, yes, that's, that's my prayer. God, use me. If you can use anything, use me. Father in heaven, you see every hand that's raised. And some of us, God, we've been holding back. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's just busyness of life. Maybe it's, you know, just getting caught up in stuff. And maybe it's making excuses, but God, we're done doing that. We're, we're going to make commitments because we're, we're wanting to get addicted to life change. We're wanting to see more people, just like today, get baptized and declare Jesus as Lord and Savior over their lives. And so, God, just like today, we had had a younger person and, and another person that, that made a declaration in this place. God, we, every month we want, just want to see more and more people have their lives changed by what you do through us. So God, if you can use our hands, here they are. If you can use our mouth, here it is. If you can use our mind, we lay it before you. Every gift, every talent, every life ability, everything is yours, God. We lay it at your feet. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I, I, I really don't have a connection with God. When you talk about being connected in, it's not even like I, I feel like I'm connected into God. I, I feel disconnected. And maybe it's because you've never really been connected. Maybe you've gone to church before or whatever, but, but I'm telling you, there's way more than that. God has more for you than just showing up at church. And if you're here today and you'd like to live the life to the full that Jesus can bring into your life, will you just shoot your hand up right now and say, yes, that's me. I need that. Yes, yes. I see those hands over here. God bless you over here. God bless you. Over here, a couple hands. God bless you guys. Yeah, around the room. Different hands in the air. So church family, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross to pay for my sin. I believe his sacrifice paid it all so I can be free. So as much as I know how, I lay my life at your feet and ask you to wash away my past. Give me a new beginning. From this day on, I want to live for you. Use my life in whatever way you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, come on, somebody. Get excited for that. It's awesome. Thank you.
Listen, we have a class called Starting Point, and it starts up at just every so often, just every little bit. And you could get in on the next one so that you could grow in your faith because we want to help you grow. We want to help you be all that God wants you to be. That's our job as a staff. We want, we want to help you to be all that God wants you to be. So all you've got to do is just sign up and show up. And we'd love to see that happen. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come because if you've got a prayer need today, we want to pray with you and pray for you over whatever need that you may have today. Let's all stand and I'll close in prayer. But if you have a need today, just come on down. Let somebody pray with you and pray for you before you leave this morning. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today. Thank you for the amazing things that you're doing in our church family. We pray that you go with us, those that need to go, and those, God, who need prayer. Holy Spirit, just draw them to you and meet their need. Touch their life. May they never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here. If you need prayer, come on down. Let somebody pray with you before you leave this morning.